Hello everybody and welcome to Glitters of Life podcast. I am your host Rohit Kokne and in this episode we have a very special guest with us and we have chosen a very important topic to discuss with you all. And today we have with us Priyanka Rao who is mind coach, NLP practitioner and image consultant as well and today we are going to talk about an important topic which is about how to get rid of fears, uh, the limiting beliefs and also the childhood trauma. So it is going to be an interesting conversation and welcome Priyanka on the show. Thank you Rohit for having me. I'm looking it forward to this conversation. Exactly. And the kind of topic that we have chosen, I feel that we all deal with this kind of an issue. Uh, more or less, we uh, tend to speak or not. But then again, uh, we have those emotions within us. So let's uh, talk about more about that. So Priyanka, when we talk about the fears, limiting beliefs and the childhood trauma, uh, how do we define that particular thing? Because then for each and every individual, it differs. But then if you have to generalize it in a way so that people will be able to understand uh, what are those kind of fears and the limiting beliefs or the childhood trauma, how you will define that particular thing and what kind of impact it has on our uh, lives of the people. Okay. Um, well, I'm glad you started off this question because one of the challenges with childhood trauma is that most people don't realize they have childhood trauma. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're not able to define it um, or they're not able, they don't understand that perhaps I'm unconsciously carrying that as well. So trauma can be anything from something as, you know, as bullying or being compared to other kids or, um, you know, a one incident of bad touch to something as extreme as, you know, sexual molestation yeah. or, um living in an abusive uh, home environment or constantly being belittled or bullied in school throughout. Um, so it could range from a single event to a series of events. Um, and your limiting beliefs, which arise because of childhood trauma, can be unconscious or conscious. Okay. Uh, which means you might not even know you're carrying it or you could be so aware you're carrying it that it's become second nature to you. You know, like I have some clients who say, you mean we can stop overthinking? <laughs> I didn't know that there is an alternative to it. Right. You know, um, and as a result of it, it then will um, emerge in different structures of your life. It could emerge at your workplace where because as a child you were told Tum you don't know anything, you're just a child, you know, go study, don't poke your nose into adult business. You grew up feeling that, you know, your opinions don't matter, you don't matter. Um, you know, I, uh, my, I'm not intelligent enough, I don't have anything of value to add. So as a result of it, you can't say no to your friends or yeah. when you're standing in a queue, you can't speak up for yourself. Or you can't even go to your boss and you say you deserve a pay rise. Right. right? This could be how beliefs has come up. So you actually got it at home. But the effect is coming in your work environment, which probably didn't even exist when you got your, um, got your limiting beliefs because of childhood trauma. True that. So the root can be in any structure of your life, but the tributaries can come up in different ways. Right. And it is uh, really important to understand this because then when we, uh, if we can consider this as a pillars for personal development, it will always uh, act as a hurdle because then fear, like we are not able to move ahead with the limiting beliefs. Again, we feel that we are something more or less uh, into that particular category and the childhood trauma always restricts us. Like uh, it gives a kind of a feeling that no, we are not doing well and it carries from the previous generation again. So again, we have to focus on this in a very important way. And for each and every person is going to differ, but then how you manage it. And as per your expertise, uh, you deal with a lot of clients. So uh, you have to formulate a great strategy for each and every person. So for that, uh, we always wanted to know like how uh, to define that particular element. So uh, when we, we will be covering first the fear element, uh, Priyanka. So what do you feel about like what kind of emotion fear is and how does it get into involved in our daily lives? So based on my clients the topmost fears that come to me number one is fear of change okay number two is fear of uncertainty number three is fear of public speaking um, and number four is either fear of rejection 
um, or fear of failure. Right. These are the topmost fears that actually come to me, uh, you know, as a as a mind coach. Now, I'm not going to go into details of it, but, you know, fear of failure could also mean feel like a failure. Huh. And you think it's fear, but actually you feel like a failure. Right. So you have, you you need help to understand and define also what is the kind of fear you have. Right. Um, now, these fears, think of it like, um, like the, the cause. The effect is stress, anxiety, overthinking, panic attacks, loss of sleep, loss of appetite. And here's where the challenge lies. Most people treat the effect. Yeah. I'll take an anxiety pill. You know, I will um, do breath work for my stress, um, you know, or, um, you know, if I'm getting panic attacks, I will start maybe uh, doing yoga. But the the cause, which is the fear, has not been addressed. But even that is not sufficient because behind the cause is the root. Yeah. Which is coming from your past. So when you're dealing with fears, you actually have to deal with the effect and the root simultaneously. Right. So it is very important to know because then the entire narrative changes from that. If you're not hitting the root cause, then again, we are allowing it to grow somewhere down the line again. So like, for example, uh, the current period might be good, but then again, if you are trying to do something new, then that fear might hold us. And then we will not be able to move in the direction that we are always wanting to. So uh, when you're working with the clients, I'm just wanting to getting uh, a clarity about like, how do you deal with, uh, with finding that particular root cause? Because then, as you said, that uh, people are more focused around like taking pills or doing kind of exercise or something like that. But to yes. eliminate that particular thing, to mitigate uh, its uh, kind of effect, uh, what's your strategy of dealing with it? Okay. So firstly, I'm not a counselor, which means yeah. I don't do talk therapy. Right. Um, I'm not a therapist, so I don't perform head therapy on some like hypnotherapy, which would also help you identify your roots uh, or maybe Reiki healing, even though both are wonderful sciences. Right. So as a coach, I teach tools and techniques to help you overcome your fears, limiting beliefs, childhood trauma, overthinking, negative self-talk on your own eventually so that you're not dependent on external people all the very time. So the idea is to make you emotionally and mentally self-sufficient. So my approach is also along those lines where I teach and I handhold so that you can learn to identify your rules also on your own eventually. Right. Right. And the way I would typically do it is um, I would pretty much go into the past in a very detailed manner with the client. Okay. From the time you were born. What was the home environment like? What were your equations with with your family members? What happened in early schooling? What happened in your home environment? What happened in in high school? What happened in college? What happened in your early adulthood? So I go through each of the phases in a very, very detailed manner. And as the client starts talking to me, the subconscious mind will automatically start pulling up memories, incidents, and pain points um, that, you know, they probably don't even realize or maybe they've suppressed. And then once I get that, I establish the pattern for them. I identify the roots and then I show them the techniques to dismantle the roots. So by dismantling roots, I mean you can potentially learn how to release people who have scarred you. Yeah. Release memories and incidents to such an extent that you will not even be regular details. Because memories and incidents are just energy. Energy can be transformed and released. Right. You can release uh, your inner child who's still carrying that, even though you don't live in that world anymore. Um, You you can release patterns. You can release belief systems. Um, And then as you start releasing each of these elements, your present day triggers collapse and your thoughts and behaviors start changing. Right. So that's the process that I typically follow. It's quite a deeper process. And again, uh, as you said, I would like to take that keyword that people have to open up with you uh, or whoever they are seeking help with, because then unless and until we are not speaking of the kind of problems that we are facing, I don't find we are, we will be able to get the solution because then uh, we are into a loop of overthinking. We are able to say like, uh, we'll be figuring it out uh, once we move ahead. But then again, that doesn't happen. And we stay into that particular loop of uh, 
like unproductive phase and then it again impacts our life so it is very important that we should be able to ascertain uh, all of these elements and then work ahead so priyanka do you feel that uh, there are a lot of kind of healthy fears as well uh, which help us uh, to move ahead but then we are able to take that particular step after like someone confronts us or uh, there might be some irrational fears as well so mm-hmm. how do you see to it particularly got it so i have a client of mine right now working with me she lives in uh, hyderabad and she has two fears and this okay. will allow you to understand how the mind works yeah she's got a fear of failure but she also has a fear of success interesting which means your mind can have conflicting belief systems yeah fear of success means i'm not worthy of success hmm. if i succeed i will leave my loved ones behind if i succeed people will be jealous of me yeah if i succeed i will have to work extra hard so i don't want to change my comfort zone true that is fear of success a lot of people have fear of success yeah. and fear of failure of course that you're going to fail whatever you do so in such cases fear of failure typically is destructive but fear of success can be also constructive yeah right which means if you just change the perspective of success in your mind then that can be a huge driving factor for you so in such cases you pick what adds value to you and you leave out the rest so your mind can have conflicting belief systems rohit i am a modern liberated educated woman but i believe in buri nazar and i tie black dhaga on my leg yeah i'm a student of science but i believe in the paranormal ghosts um i am an um i have social anxiety but i'm not insecure as a person i lack confidence but i'm also scared of being seen as overconfident quite contrasting <laughs> yes and i'll give you actual examples or yeah, true you know so in such cases you will pick what adds value to you and you will leave the rest so i help my clients identify that dichotomy and then make that decision okay priyanka but then uh, again you uh, said about the acceptance like people are not able to accept uh, what they are dealing uh, through then how we can bring that particular acceptance of changing that particular narrative or perspective because then if we try to shift that particular perspective then i feel that there is again a light after the dark tunnel that we are passing through so right. what could be that particular strategy if they are not seeking help or something like that they want to overcome of their own so how hmm. they can change their own perspectives okay so two things here Firstly, when the student is ready, teacher arrives. Yeah. So if the person is not ready, they are not going to come to me. Get that. No matter <laughs> how much I might convince them and try to tell them they would need this, they will not come to me. But even after they come to me, I don't go into the past from session one. Okay. I actually do it only three or four sessions down the line. before that i create a uh, moments of truth or points of evidence of change in them so their mind sees evidence that oh i am changing right oh my thought is changing my behavior is changing because remember the mind needs evidence and proof to believe something very true right so the first two weeks I work only on reprogramming the subconscious mind and releasing emotions that currently are troubling. I don't go into the past at all, because in the first two weeks, with the energy medicine techniques that I use, as well as subconscious programming techniques I use, clients are able to see evidence. Yeah. Within a week or two, oh, I am speaking up in meetings suddenly. Oh, my anxiety has dropped. oh i'm sleeping better oh you know i i had to make a decision and i found myself making a decision really quickly once the mind gets evidence of a change then it totally opens up right because it's a heat seeking missile it needs a target i want more now ye dil mange more huh? or rather ye mind <laughs> mange more and then the person is ready to really, really like open up share details because Oh, clearly she's you know she's working on me. She, she's helping her me. You know the techniques are working on me. Now I want to kind of empty my cup completely. So as a coach, one has to also earn the trust 
True. and the credibility no matter what your body of experience could be for you i'm a first time coach yeah yeah so it is my job and my duty to serve you to win your trust to win your credibility and to show you enough proof of evidence the shift is happening that is my duty um and that's something that one always needs to be careful about exactly and it takes a lot of efforts to understand their perspective what kind of change they want to bring into their life and yes. accordingly mold them to take those particular steps because then if you're not going to take actions i don't feel that we can't get uh, like read of those fears or anything that we are dealing through so Correct. guiding them to a right path is again a tough job but then you are doing amazing and i'm getting uh, i'm learning a lot of uh, through this kind of a conversation but what i feel is that um, self acceptance is a key uh, in mitigating those fears is what i feel so if if it is that uh, kind of a true thing then how do we practice that because then uh, when we start accepting it gets quite quite lighter for us because then we feel that no we are dealing with this uh, we might be able to share with our close uh, family uh, friends as well so that is uh, the ideal process a person follows uh, when dealing with any kind of a situation so do you feel that self acceptance can play an important role it is the key because with awareness comes liberation yeah what you accept you get free of right. what you see disappears so self acceptance is the is the the bedrock okay uh, and then from there comes growth and change which is why i said only once a student and a teacher arrives you might not even know what your challenge is but at least you should know there is a challenge right that is enough for a practitioner a counselor a therapist a coach to work on okay and not just know that there is a problem but that i want to change ha huh. I might not know what my problem is. I might not know my roots. I might even say I've had a wonderful childhood, but I don't know why I'm feeling all this. I even have clients who say that I've had a wonderful childhood. I've had great parents. I've had everything I wanted, but I'm still feeling this. But at least they're open to venturing into the past and finding out why am I feeling this. That is enough. So even one baby step. is sufficient exactly and the world is getting quite uh, a lot of uh, in a very shaping in a very dynamic way is what i feel uh, in our times like in our, my childhood days there were not a lot of things to observe but then again right now uh, children have access to most of the things and then uh, again it becomes quite a competitive world so some yeah. person might be having uh, more than what they uh, have currently so again it becomes quite a competitive thing and then people start uh, looking at each other and then try to define their life accordingly so what i yes. feel is that we have to be content with uh, content with our own life and then move ahead correct and to your point this is something one of the most destructive minds it's called i am different yeah <laughs> you know i am a middle class student i am in a school for rich kids i am different or you know my hindi is not very good and um, all the students here speak hindi really well i am different or i come from a small town and all these big city boys and girls are very smart and shrewd i am different right so the comparisons leads you to feel you're different yeah i am gay i'm different society rejects me i'm brown skinned i'm different i face racism uh i come from a single parent home i am different um so i feel less than others so then the the comparisons result from feeling different and this is very very destructive because it then leads to low self or inferiority yeah um and because it's you're constantly facing it every day it becomes such a strong belief system that it becomes your second nature right then i you know um separating me used from it becomes very difficult because that is me i'm not a morning person it's yeah. such a strong statement that you can't disassociate yourself from it true you know so that becomes like a belief system so comparison is the there's a saying right comparison is a thief of joy exactly um, it it can't be truer than that yeah and the world is quite big we all have all like our set of problems we have to deal with it rather than comparing each other's lives is what i feel and then only we can uh, be on a better path so that we yeah. can enlighten ourselves and then move forward yes and yeah. that's why i tell my clients that you are not your mind 
you're not even your body right you're a divine soul you're a divine being and you are thinking you're a human <laughs> and comparing to others clearly your soul had a very strong purpose to come this human life so true i do agree and when you start opening yourself up to such insight it's like our job is to keep the door open the universe will tell us what's our purpose what is our path right and once you find it these things become so irrelevant and immaterial right you know but people are not able to get there because when you have all this baggage especially from childhood holding you down how can you even think of purpose true or path or divine soul you you'll be like you know forget all of that first fix my overthinking <laughs> you know forget all that first let me at least be able to like speak in public without without my leg shaking yes. um but um that is the bigger picture exactly and again uh, as you said like we have to keep our door open if it if it is open then we can walk through that particular door and see like where it leads us to all the answer can walk through yeah. to you <laughs> the other way around the other way around again the matter of perspective yes Uh, yeah now uh, that we have covered about the fears what i feel is that we can move towards the childhood trauma it is a very important topic and we have seen like with the kind of generation that we are facing uh, mm. it is getting prevalent and mm. i did ask uh, a lot of people like if uh, you have got any questions to ask uh, about this particular topic then i got a one question which is uh, asked by ankita and she wants to know like how can we stop replaying certain unpleasant incidences from our childhood it almost always comes unexpectedly so what do you have to say about this because then it has been asked by a person and they want to know about like how they can deal with such kind of situations okay so you mean to say that a memory or incident keeps repeating in their mind yeah yeah oh, got it and it comes okay. unexpectedly like hmm. you might not be thinking about this at the moment but the, again at the very next moment it may pop up yes it gets triggered yeah and then it surfaces in the subconscious mind essentially let me just give a little bit of precursor before i answer this question uh, so that ankita can understand the context here now most of us uh, rohit get a belief system at the age of 7 and 14 okay which means that most childhood trauma is also between this age group now 0 to 7 your learning is completely subconscious that's why a baby in a womb is learning as well they say tell a mother be very careful what you read see watch the child huh. is Right, so I've had clients where um, their mothers didn't want the child for whatever reason, but they had the child. But they have turned out to be wonderful mothers, but the child still feels rejected, abandoned, and unloved because of the initial data collected that I'm not wanted. Yeah. Right. Yes. Now, seven to fourteen, your conscious mind kicks in. Now, Rohit is able to question, understand, analyze, assess, infer. discern and that gets added to your subconscious learning and this comes your belief systems so when a traumatic incident happens it gets embedded in your subconscious patterns and law of thermodynamics you can't create energy you can't destroy energy you can transform energy so the water you drank can be made what what ice vapor yeah. you can transfer from one glass to another but you can't destroy it so when we face trauma we have certain default survival mechanisms number one is fight so i have two rottweils they will okay. fight fear and threat they are fearless they are fearless totally <laughs> if an indie dogs meets my dogs they will flight flee yeah totally animals also flop and fold tortoise goes in the shell snail coils up um a worm coils up sorry a snail goes in the shell okay, shell and the fourth one is the most common us human beings we think we are the most superior human beings on earth but what do we do when we face trauma or fear we freeze you go on stage you freeze a train is coming to you you freeze something else happens you freeze and when you freeze you absorb all those emotions trauma and patterns it and because energy cannot be destroyed where does it go nowhere nowhere it's really like tenants without paying rent in you <laughs> and it keeps growing 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 based on your situations 
so ankita that is why when you are triggered in present day situations that memory incident automatically comes up because it is sitting there waiting to be triggered and it cannot be destroyed internally but you can transform and transfer it so ancient vedic science techniques western energy medicine techniques can release memories and incidents ankita permanently i've had clients who removed rape memories suicidal memories mm-hmm. trauma memories death memories permanently interesting which means that when you take the emotion out of the memory the memory collapses right it's not that she might not remember the incident but will have no emotional weightage on her no yeah. emotional charge because the emotions are removed the memories collapse and when the memories collapse the patterns collapse that means ankita will not attract the same kind of incidents again and again and again very important and i hope this kind of a perspective will uh, definitely help ankita to deal with kind of a situations because then it is uh, very much important to know like uh, what is the root cause again like we discussed earlier and then uh, taking the best of the remedies so that these unpleasant situations or the moments like we are not reminded of them but again uh, like we are all human beings okay uh, as you said that memories uh, they stuck into our mind and they can come in any form but then uh, hitting the root cause and then pulling them out uh would be a better choice is what i feel because then once we get emotional like if you are like not having any kind of emotions then again we don't feel like a human so it is more about like how do you want to uh deal with that kind of a emotion and then move ahead so it yes, was a great perspective end up being numb yeah uh that is that is as bad as having a uh you know an an intense emotion right have to maintain the middle ground True but coming back to your roots of childhood trauma while like he was saying the roots right to help people also identify their roots we mainly get our belief systems or our trauma from three sources one are our parents because they are your biggest role model whatever they tell you pick up unquestioned or it could come from your extended family uncles aunts grandparents uh family structures or it come from your school environment yeah just peers or friends so you can also on your own go back and identify where did i get it from based on your life path exactly and i feel that we should be offering a lot of space to the individual because then the circumstances were different the generations were different and then again uh, the pattern of growing as a individual is now getting different so yes. what i feel is that let them bloom into their own area they'll be able to assess themselves in a better way we don't have to uh, make them accountable for each and everything uh they will be f- able to figure it out of their own because then the more the responsibilities we shared uh, on their shoulders they will be able to handle it better because uh if you are making uh, just like keeping them in a hold or like uh, don't allow them to grow at the particular age again it becomes a quite restrictive approach is what i feel correct that hinders the growth yes absolutely so a uh, burden of expectation like i have once had a client to mine who was an anxiety medication okay and- because of overthinking because as a child he only heard his parents says you are our only son you have to take care of us when you get older uh you have to get a decent stable job you know uh we will depend on you uh you have to take care of us and that creates such a burden for him that i better do well or how can i look after my parents that cool. he had anxiety he was an anxiety medication he was he moved six jobs by the time he met me in his 40s because he was feared he feared failure in every job because thinking he won't be able to take care of these kind of expectations so and like you said there's nothing wrong with what the parents said like they come from their own belief yeah. systems they come from their own childhood upbringing right uh, their conditioning is also they are different so they operate from that conditioning um it is only now that our new generation is opening up to making to understanding conditioning of children and accordingly responding to it they are reading they are understanding you know the early generation didn't know didn't know if for lack of any other word it's not their fault they didn't know so they did the best they could whether yeah. it was positive or negative you know which is why when i work on child trauma at the very end once all your emotions memories patterns have been dropped i also make them go through a forgiveness technique okay that is required where you let go of the people 
Um, and that transforms your relationship with your parents if they're still alive, because then you also now start understanding where they came from and what they did to you does not affect you anymore. Right. And we have seen a lot of change in the family structure as well, Priyanka, because then we, earlier we had larger families. Now, again, we are moving towards the nuclear family and still the problems are persisting. Like if you are not able to manage three or four people, then again, uh, we have to take that particular class, like how to deal with the people in our own circle. Like they are the blood relation people. So managing uh, or like dealing with our parents or the siblings, etc. Yes. Uh, there's a lot to learn from them as well. If only this was taught in school, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in the near future that will be taught. <laughs> so much more helpful than trigonometry like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That is the reason uh, we have to do podcast on such episodes, uh, like uh, the topics that we have chosen, because then again, every person is dealing with and they want kind of a solution. They want kind of a perspective that will help people out there. So have you come across people who deal with the kind of a low self-image or something like that with the childhood trauma and how to deal with that particular thing? Because then again, it ultimately it affects our uh, own image. So we are not able to project what we are. And then again, it damages the kind of growth that we are looking forward in our life. So uh, does childhood trauma affects that particular self-image as well? Oh, all the time. I once had a client of mine from Delhi who on weekends or holidays, cousins would be made to stand in a line on, against a wall and you had to spell. And if you couldn't spell, you'd be reprimanded there and there. Look at your brother. He's so <laughs> intelligent. Look at you. You're such a duffer. You're such a fool. You don't even know this much. You know, there and then reprimanded pulled out, you know. Um, and as a result of that, this she came to you when she was about 26, 27. She was working in an organization. She had low self-image. She had a lot of weight on. Um, she had very little self-care and self-love. Because when you don't feel worthy, you know, self-love is a mountain. Yeah. You know, where the where they say, how can you love yourself? Like, I can't even imagine that. And that's so sad because you spend the most time with yourself. True. But you can't even love yourself. And that will affect your work. That will affect your physical health. That will affect the way you dress. That will affect the, how much of time you spend in your personal growth, in your personal care. That will affect the way you interact with others. And that will also most importantly affect your personal relationships. Because you will either attract toxic people who are, who want you to be a doormat or who trample on your self-worth or who make you feel that you are worthless because that's the frequency you're on and you're only going to attract such situations, experiences and people. True. You know, so a lot of times people marry their mothers or their, hus or their fathers. Yeah. Which means the husband or the wife is like their mother or father. If it's toxic, that that's what I mean. Yeah. And and and, and the, the pattern repeats. So self-image comes from childhood. It can either come from because you were you were compared. It can come um, from a scarcity mindset, uh, which could be financial scarcity or otherwise. It could come from like I have a client of mine who's got um, vitiligo, you know, yeah. the skin ailment where yeah. you get patterns. So. She grew up with this low self-image because of that condition. Even uh, I'm a kind of a patient of vitiligo, but then again, uh, I gave up that particular mindset. It is more about accepting yourself and then dealing with like, I don't get the point, like what people will be talking about and how it affects me. I'm able to run my mind. I'm able to walk, speak and do a lot of things. That is something that we have to carry forward because then again, uh, it is all about the good work that gets reflected. And not yes. about your uh, conditions. Correct. And she's married today. She's got a kid. Uh, and she obviously has found a life partner who loves her for her way, how she is and where she is. Um, so it all depends on your self-worth and how you turn around and then the circumstances change. So self-image, low self-image, 100% comes from childhood for the simple reason that nobody's born with a low self-image. Right. No toddler feels that he looks ugly. Or she looks ugly. Right. No baby has anxiety or panic attacks. No child has overthinking issues. You ask any child, beta, what do you want to be? I want to be a doctor. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a cricketer. I want to be Virat Kohli. I want to be, you know, a billionaire. Because at age, you believe you can be doing whatever you want. That's your original belief system. 
you're born enough, you're born complete, you're born worthy, you're born fearless. You don't, you're not born with fears. You're only born with two fears, by the way. Fear of falling, that you overcome as soon as you start walking and the fear of noise. So babies get startled very easily. Yeah. Every other fear is acquired and conditioned. So if you were not born with it, that self-image, low self-image can be reprogrammed to go back as close as what you were born with. And believe it or not, the subconscious mind can take any of three to five weeks to start reprogramming. In some cases, finish reprogramming. So I've had clients in their 60s release fear of public speaking in three weeks. Amazing. That is totally a positive sign is what I feel. Yes. Or uh, someone in their 50s who have had depression of 20, 25 years overcome in 45 days. Uh, not because I'm a phenomenal coach. The mind is that powerful that it reprograms and releases. Right. It is very much important to uh, understand all these core concepts because then again, if you are going to have that kind of a healing pro uh, process, then it becomes uh, important that we should be aware of all the elements and then move, uh, take those kind of a steps and then move ahead into that direction. You are sharing a lot of insights is what I feel that uh, is very much of important to uh, each and every person because then uh, knowingly, unknowingly, we all are dealing with something. Uh, yes. It is just that we won't be able to express at the given point of time, but then silently someone is walking their own path uh, and their own journey. But again, we have all uh, the kind of hurdles that we want to overcome and all these insights will be really helpful. Now talking about uh, the limiting beliefs, uh, how does it uh, changes our perceptions and what kind of impact it does have on our life? Um, so limiting beliefs are anything that is stopping you right stop you whatever you want to do whoever you want to be whatever you want to have it's as simple as that yeah right so belief systems could be like i am born unlucky or no matter how much efforts i put in i never get results or people don't understand me or life is meant to be a struggle. If I don't struggle, I will not achieve. I have on my online course about close to 100 belief statements that is part of the course to help people identify which is theirs. Yeah. So there could be tremendous amount of limiting beliefs that you can actually have. Um, and as soon as you have, if I feel I'm unlucky, that's all I'm going to attract. If I feel that I am, I, I'm not, I don't have leadership quality, belief system. So the next time a promotion comes up or a team leader position comes up, I realize there's no way I'm going to apply for it. <laughs> Which means I've, I've denied myself the opportunity to even prove to myself or anybody else that I can do it. Exactly. Or um, I always attract unavailable men. So the next time I meet a great guy, I will, my belief system will kick in. And remember the belief system kicks in from the subconscious mind. The conscious mind does not object to it. It doesn't question okay. because it's come from the subconscious mind, 90% of the mind. This is only 10%. 10%. So it will not question it. So when this belief comes that I attract unavailable men and I meet a great guy, this is going to go down the same road as it did earlier. Let me not waste my time on it and let me walk away. And I walk away from a potential great opportunity that could might have evolved into a very beautiful relationship. So it, your limiting beliefs influence your every decisions, actions, thoughts, so on and so forth. So let's say I want to be a mind valley coach one day. That is my dream. But my belief system is I'm I'm a corporate employee mindset. Employee mindset. <laughs> I don't have business in my blood. I'm, I don't have that entrepreneurship skill set. I should, damn, I should have studied this in college. <laughs> now, if that's what I believe. Yeah. Agreed. I'm going to avoid opportunities out of fear. Because I can't do it. And I'll, and I'll step back. 
you know so um like for me a wonderful example is priyanka chopra uh not just because she shares my same name but um, <laughs> you know, the fact that she could step out of her comfort zone and stretch it and go to an alien country an alien industry and make it so big yeah you can imagine the amount of self belief that was behind her to go through that hustle again and get to where she is right like she should be doing a self belief course you know it will sell like 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 um hot potatoes um that is a sign of a positive belief system right what i can literally start from scratch and build a bigger empire Beyond. so belief system need not be limiting most families who came to india after the partition sindhi punjabi families ha huh. they left their entire wealth assets inheritance and they came literally with a bag majority of them have grown into financial success business success again yeah why because belief system is are paisa hamare khoon mein hai business hamare khoon mein hai we can do it again we can do it again kafi sahi baat hai and again we have to like uh, believe those kind of a things that we can do something uh, even after like uh, hitting the rock bottom kyunki yeah wo ek journey fir se shuru karne ka hame mauka milta hai the circumstances are different it is something that you have to believe when i started my own podcast i wasn't like i don't come from a media background but still uh, to to do it in a certain way that i don't respect my particular voice uh, the way i started i didn't have kind of pitch tempo anything to it but then i kept doing it and today uh, like it is something that i'm cherishing it uh, i'm able to earn through it as well as a kind of a passion project so it is more and about clear that yeah it is more about uh, doing it for a longer period of time and then believing in yourself that something is uh, going to happen in a very positive way agar wo belief system ke sath hum kaam karte hai to then again wo interesting bhi hota hai and then we start enjoying the process as well yes and yeah. let me add you can change it today this very moment yeah and tomorrow can start shifting and i'm not giving you fluff here it's science again it's frequency right if i right now can tune to 91.9 i'll get i will get radio indigo if i right now shift to 98.3 i will get radio mirchi Based on which frequency I'm at, I will attract that channel. Right. Which means, if I get onto the frequency of self-worth, confidence today, right now, the frequency can shift my circumstances tomorrow. So true. I do agree to this. So it all that matters is today, and right now, and the shift starts happening. Yeah. No matter how old, how deep the baggage you might be carrying of limiting beliefs. you shift it today and the frequency changes tomorrow and that's why i tell my clients you're so powerful you don't even realize it right we have to uh, like accept the fact that we can improve we can make it big and then again it is a process it doesn't happen overnight it is more about like learning from your own mistakes rectifying it and doing better but then again yeah. uh, the current situation is not in your hands you just have to give your best and see what kind of results it is getting you so it is more about that and priyanka we have a question uh, you were talking about the relationship as well so we have a question from shalini she, uh, she wants to ask like how to handle a partner who is amazing but comes with a self limiting beliefs oh so simple send him to me <laughs> so how a belief systems created as a child it came from hetero suggestion hetero suggestions means the environment when it's coming from the outside okay parents family school and then it became auto suggestion that means you repeat it to yourself what you were told and it became so if an amazing partner has self limiting beliefs the the other partner in this case shalini can change his hetero suggestions right and shift his belief systems i'm not saying this is the only little work he has to do more work deeper work but that's what she can start off doing so there's this great movie king richard right um which is on amazon on 
Richard was the coach and father of Serena and Venus Williams. If you've not seen it, you must see it. So as a seven-year-old girl, Serena would be told every day, you are Serena Williams and you are a Wimbledon champion. You are Serena Williams and you are a Wimbledon champion. And at 15, 16, she was the youngest. And she still is holding that record. I got goosebumps. Yes, because at such a young age, if you're told every day, you believe it. And it's come from your biggest role model, your father, your coach, and the person you look up to the most. How do you believe it? So, Shalini is also a very big role model for a partner. So, what she says will be absorbed, will be receptive by the partner. So if she can tell him every day, for example, that, you know, what she wants him to be or who he should be or who he can be, eventually the heterosuggestions will shift the belief system. He will repeat what she said and they'll become his new set of belief systems. Great. I hope uh, this kind of a perspective will again help. But as you said, there is a lot of work that has to be done. But shift in a kind of a perspective, knowing the process of dealing with such kind of situations, again, gives you a kind of a positive edge towards like bringing that particular change that you're looking. Because then you call him amazing. And again, uh, comes with a kind of a problem or say like a a hurdle. And it is just that you have to overcome it. Yeah. (laughs) But he has limiting belief system. Again, you love some part of him, but then again, you don't love some part of him. So that's yeah. a kind of a thing. Yeah. Love and, and hate relationship. I want to just add one more thing. It's so important that it should be his limiting belief system, yeah. not hers. Hers. Perspective. Yes. If he doesn't think it's limiting, it is not limiting. Get it. So you can think it's limiting, but I don't think it's limiting. <laughs> Which means I, I will not be ready to change it. And B, it's not negative for me because I don't believe it's negative. So in such cases, acceptance comes in. Where, yeah. like you said, you yeah. love the flaws and the strengths of a person and love the person the way they are. So Shalini needs to understand for whom is it limiting? Yeah. Again, that is again a great perspective uh, because then once we try to understand how we have to deal with it, then uh, whose uh, shoes we are stepping into, then it becomes more kind of a fulfilling uh, kind of a journey. Yes. what I feel. Uh, now coming on to the last part of this episode, Priyanka, I have enjoyed this kind of a conversation with you. The kind of insights you have shared uh, are totally great. And I feel that these are all the practical tips that people will be able to apply into their life again if they are seeking help or not that is another question but then knowing the topic itself is a very important uh, objective of this kind of episode so if you have to summarize uh, all of this like the fears child uh, childhood trauma or the limiting beliefs what would be your one advice to the every listener and the viewer sure um when you're working on your personal growth you have to work on three layers of the mind. One is your conscious mind, your logical, rational thinking mind. Now this will cause the overthinking, the mental noise, the laziness, the procrastination Yeah, um, will all happen here, which is you have to work on that. Second is your subconscious mind, 90% of your mind. This is your childhood roots or your early adulthood roots. And you have to kind of empty the cup and then program back into it the beliefs you want to have. So you have to work on subconscious mind simultaneously. And thirdly, which is the most important, which is my personal pet peeve, is your energy mind. Now, energy here refers to your feelings, emotions, fears, memories, experiences. You have 14 energy meridians in your body. Just the way your arteries and veins carry blood, your meridians carry your prana and energy. And they also get clogged with trauma, fears, circumstances. And these are the meridians that actually clogging causes you emotional, mental, physiological shifts. So you have to release from your energy system also. And today, energy medicine is really taking a huge narrative in the world. Western medicine, like orthopedics, embracing energy medicine. Today, people are finding most medical ailments have energy roots, emotional roots, cancer, tumor, you know, strokes, heart attacks. A lot of them. 
a lot of them. The global wellness industry are really now understanding, and this is something which our Vedic science always yeah knew. yeah you know it's now the Western world is kind of embracing it. So you have to work on your energy system too. When you work on the conscious mind, subconscious mind, and energy mind simultaneously, the shifts start happening, which are more long term transformation and um, are less likely to uh, resurface again. So whoever you take help with, you know, whoever you feel comfortable with, make sure that one of your qualifying criteria when choosing the right person to help you should be somebody who works on all these three layers of the mind. Yeah. It can't just be talk therapy or it can't just be healing or it can't just be hypnotherapy. Okay. Knowing right? that particular part is important. Yes. Like, for example, I could be doing healing and being anxious the whole day. <laughs> or I could be having a hypnotherapy session and then feeling low self-worth the whole day. May happen. Could happen, right? I could be going to the gym, feeling great for one hour and then feeling miserable myself the whole day. So that's why you have to ensure that all these three layers you are taking care of with whoever you feel comfortable with. Uh, when you're working on your personal health. That's my my last takeaway. Amazing. This has been a very mindful experience is what I feel. And those were like real experiences. Like you did talk about your clients uh, by not disclosing their identity. That is something that people want to know. Because then it is more about uh, addressing those kind of real life situations. How people are kind of facing problems. Then how you're dealing with it. So it's more about... Uh, like walking onto that particular bridge so that if you're on a one age, then you can again travel to a great life by walking through your experience, your expertise. That is something that I was looking from this kind of episode and great. Uh, like it was such a pleasure hosting you again, like Jitne bhi hamare listeners hai, kafi value milne wali hai because then this is something that every person has to deal with and in what manner to get rid of all these elements. It is such an important topic to discuss. So we have covered all the elements is what I feel. And if anytime, if you happen, like any of the viewer listeners want to connect with Priyanka, uh, her social media links and the uh, landing page links will be in the episode description. Please feel free to email her or like get in touch with uh, any of the mediums available. Thank you, Rohit. Thank you so much for allowing me to reach your audiences, uh, touch lives and homes and mindsets through uh, through your podcast and um, I wish you uh, in your passion project every height and every success. Thank you so much Priyanka and I wish you all the best for your future endeavors as well. Thank you so Thank much. You. Uh, stay happy, stay healthy. Bye-bye. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you.